let's talk about temporary foreign workers. That term has a certain negative connotation because of uh, our ongoing debate and conversation in this province in regards to labor, in regards to immigration sometimes. Whatever view people have of the term, we're certainly hiring a record number of temporary foreign workers. And now the latest federal data shows there were more than 32,000 people in B.C. under the federal government's temporary foreign workers program at the end of 2022. That's more than Ontario, which has more than twice B.C.'s population. Joining me now to talk a little bit about the record number of temporary foreign workers here um, in B.C. is Susanna Quayle. She's a partner at Alavato Quayle and Roy and a member of the Board of Directors at the West Coast Domestic Workers Association. Susanna, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is a, a very um, interesting topic. Sometimes uh, it can get, the discourse can be uh, quite political. First and foremost, in regards to the record numbers, what do you hear? What is driving this? Well, I can speak to what's driving this from a worker perspective, not so much from the employer perspective, but certainly from the perspective of the migrant workers that, you know, we serve in our organization and that I work with as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not new that workers from other countries want to come to Canada and it's also not new that the priority that workers generally have is to get status in Canada and bring their families to Canada. And I highlight that because there's a bit of a mismatch between the way these programs are structured to only offer temporary and contingent status and the real aspirations of the people who are coming to Canada through these programs, which is to build a better life in this country. Mm-hmm. Now, of the, the 32,000 people uh, here in British Columbia, I, I'm going to assume most of them still remain uh, are workers in the farming sector. They're the biggest driver of this? You know, that's the largest single uh, sector, but I don't believe it's actually a majority. Um, it's been a little while since I looked at those numbers, but it's certainly a, a significant portion of those workers, but there's also very significant numbers in hospitality, in the service sector, you know, anywhere from gas stations, fast food restaurants, and then of course in um, childcare and caregiving is, remains a very significant uh, sector for temporary foreign workers in our province. I recall my uh, early days, I wouldn't say early days, but my days as a reporter watching the labor challenges from the 90s to the aughts. Uh, I remember even speaking to the good, friend, good people over there at the BC Federation of Labor, and they've all, always talked about this should be a start, and eventually there should be a pathway to citizenship. Simply, simple, uh, very similar to what you uh, what you were just saying here. Um, what is missing now that you that you have said and others have said that there should be a pathway to citizenship? What's holding that up? You know, that's a great question, and I wonder the same thing because now more than ever there is growing consensus that there has to be a pathway to permanent residency and ultimately citizenship for workers. And that's coming now from employer groups as well. It's not just workers and worker advocates and migrant rights advocates saying, you know, these programs are exploitative, they're abusive, we need permanent status. It's even employer groups saying this is not working. We don't need a worker for two years. We need a stable workforce on an ongoing basis. And the the federal government is just, for reasons I, I honestly can't comprehend, is just way behind the ball on solving this problem. Is it just because it's simple? I mean, you have a a number, you have a program that has now worked indirectly in the sense that uh, it provides the immediate need for that season, for that moment, and it is constantly, you have more people coming in. Is it a a case of it's just too difficult to make the structural challenges and structural change that is required right now to get to that point where these people do have a pathway to citizenship? You know, I don't think it 
is or needs to be that difficult. And the federal government has recognized that this is a policy priority. So over the course of 2022, even prior to 2022, Hmm. you know, there's been all kinds of big announcements. There's been very strong indications from the federal government that they recognize they need more pathways to permanent residency and that they're committed to making that happen. But nothing is actually, no actual really meaningful initiatives to do that. And I think part of the problem is that for several years now, um, Every time there's something new, it's a new, a new pilot project or a new pathway for mm. this very specific category of worker. You know, if you work in this specific field or you meet these very narrow criteria, you have a pathway. But we have yet to see any really uh, fundamental changes that just reorient what are we doing with these programs. And it's well past time that we reorient from we're bringing people in for one or two years at a time to we are allowing people to come to Canada, contribute here, contribute to the economy, contribute to society, be a part of their community, build their family here, and stay. And that shift is just, there's no indications that that's seriously happening. Do you think part of it might be just a bias that we, as you say, there's at times, depending on governments, but there's sometimes be, sometimes there's a focus on white-collar jobs or those with traditional university degrees, knowledge workers, as they call it sometimes, and they focus more on that, even though it might be a smaller number, and they keep programs like a temporary foreign worker program on to do the labor side, which is very mm-hmm. difficult, backbreaking at times. You're out out, uh, out, and about during the day, hot weather, all those kind of things you've got to deal with when I'm talking about agricultural workers. Do you think there's a bit of a bias or a focus sometimes and energy by government directed towards white-collar knowledge jobs? Yeah, I I would definitely agree that that's a big part of the problem. And, you know, when I mentioned there tend to be these kind of one off or even if they're permanent, they're very niche programs. There's they're always rolling out, you know, new (laughs) programs and new opportunities. If you meet uh, those kinds of, you know, if you're in those kinds of sectors and um, opportunities for what they call low skilled work. But I'm sure anyone who's seen, you know, a child caregiver or a home support worker or, you know, even a fast food worker and during a busy lunch rush, these are not low skilled jobs. But what's classified as low-skilled jobs, there is, a, there is much more limited opportunity. Is there a jurisdiction in the G7, G20 that does it well in regards to temporary foreign workers and, and more importantly, providing a pathway to citizenship? You know, that's a great question. I don't really know. I can't speak to the programs elsewhere. But what I do hear from, uh, from workers from migrant workers who come to Canada is that there is a, there's a persistent belief in, in many um, you know, communities abroad that Canada is a place where you have these opportunities. Uh, and people are often disappointed to find how limited that really is. So, for example, lots of workers um, come to Canada after working in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are t- Obviously, you know, we hear it in the news, there's tons and tons of migrant workers in Dubai and there's no path in Dubai. Uh, there's very limited rights in Dubai. And so people often will come to Canada from Dubai uh, specifically because Canada is a country where it's rumored you can actually bring your family and start a life. And sometimes you can and often you can't. Yeah. Having been to Dubai many times when I used to travel into Afghanistan, if you want to hear about complaints about Dubai, just talk to any worker there because it's usually there. They're there for eight or nine month contract and then they have to go back to the country and then they reapply. So essentially you could be there for 15 years in Dubai, but every ninth or 10th month or eighth month, you got to go back to your uh, native country and apply again. So you're never really a citizen. You're always a temporary foreign worker and sometimes you're paid, paid below market rate or less. And so it's it's not um, it's a transient population. It is not a population that remains loyal or is vested 
in the politics and uh, and the culture of that country, and that's what you want at its core, people to be invested in Canada. Exactly. And we have so many workers coming here who want to be invested in Canada, who are really committed. You know, their dream for themselves and their family is to be a Canadian and who are committing, you know, are contributing, sorry, to, to our society, who are raising our children, caring for our elders. And and yet we're not, you know, we're keeping those doors closed. It's really frustrating. Yeah. Susanna, thank you for your time today. Thank you very much.